Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the path? Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. You want some soup? Don't you agree? Another happy landing. All right, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, we got a few people in uh, in the escape pod today a few returning voices one new voice um so just to get everybody at home listening kind of familiar with whose voice is whose uh how about we just go around you know introduce you and then uh if you guys want to just tell me the top three things that you're excited for <laughs> from last week's <laughs> big news drop uh, all right well we'll start with we'll start with bryce <laughs> welcome back I bryce I feel like I'm in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> you, know my, you know my favorite color? Sure, yeah, give me your favorite color. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Bryce. Um, I don't know, what's, what was new? I mean, I'm excited uh, for Rogue Squadron. I mean, like, that's pretty much all I want from Star Wars movies, just space battles, so. Right, that's fair. It's going to be killer. Nice, yeah, all right. I don't know. What are the other like twenty things? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I don't. There was uh, the acolyte, uh, the the anime um, uh, uh, visions project. Yeah. There was uh, the Kenobi series, Andor, Bad Batch. Uh, I feel like we all should have listened to some sort of quick news update before we started this podcast. Uh, here we go. Here we go. That's that's that's, that's, that's Blake, everybody. Marketing, marketing the other the other episodes on the show. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back, Blake. Uh, what was your top top uh, choice for new announcements? Hmm. I do partially agree with Bryce. I think that getting into the Rogue Squadron thing would be pretty cool. It'd be cool to finally have a, a show that's just about like fighters in space. Because I felt like we were going to get that with Resistance, but they kind of tricked us, and it ended up pretty much never being that, except for maybe one or two episodes. Uh, and honestly, I'm... I would like to see the new actress who's doing Ahsoka get a chance to connect better with the character because I wasn't happy with what we got in the previous Mandalorian episode. So uh, I'd like to see where that goes and see if she can grow into the character a bit better. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Reed, welcome back. What was your uh, favorite favorite things last last week? Uh, so I didn't hear about anything. This is the first I've heard of Rogue Squadron, and so now I'm really excited. Oh man! Played, How played, did you I miss this go, news, like, dude? Because I'm like, because you mentioned it to me last week, but I've been like, I've just been really busy, so I haven't like really right. thought about it. But now I'm super excited for Rogue Squadron because that was a great Nintendo 64 game. I actually bought it on PC too. I have to play it again. 
but super unforgiving, but great game. So if it's going to be a TV series, I'm super pumped for that. It's, um, it's supposed to be the first uh, full-length feature film since The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it's a movie. So oh, it's heck. a movie. It's actually it's actually the only officially kind of announced film uh, other than the other one that Taika Waititi is going to do, which has no title and no information released on it whatsoever. Well, all uh, we need the, to know is that Taika Waititi is doing it, so it's going to be exactly. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a busy guy. I mean he's doing he's doing Thor: Love and Thunder for Marvel. He's done a couple of the Mandalorian episodes in the past, and now he's going to be moving on to do a theatrical film. So uh, you know, yeah, but no, I, I had a feeling that Rogue Squadrons might have been your favorite too. So I mean, I gotta look uh, that up. But so my yeah. just a little uh, like a subtle uh, uh, suspicion or whatever. So it's one of Taika Waititi's last movies was Jojo Rabbit. So maybe his next Star Wars film is going to be Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> oh man! I, honestly, I gotta be honest. I hope he shows up again. I would love to see Jar Jar again. Okay, we got one more voice uh, on the show uh, today. Uh, we got Phil joining us. Um, what's up, Phil? Hey, how's it going? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. What was your what was your favorite stuff last week? Actually, the uh, my favorite stuff from the announcement was actually the uh, the unannounced project, just because um, I'm looking forward to them revealing that it's going to be a Dash Rendar film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the actor, get some real action, get the Han Solo we deserve. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but, uh, what? Uh, speaking of Han Solo, like uh, the, there's like the Elsa Chad Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking but, of yeah. speaking of Han Solo, there's uh, there's a lot of kind of I don't know, a lot of up in the air with this this Lando series. So like, do you? Do you, do you guys think that maybe we'll see Wait, there's Young a Solo? <laughs> you just read them all off. I'm just I'm just blowing Reed's mind right now. Here. Like, this is great, but I'm like, what's going on? I'm all right, listeners right. have the exact same feedback that we're getting from Reed right now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if everyone is on the same page. You can you can do that by tuning into the very last episode that was on the show. It's called uh, actually speaking of speaking of the last episodes on the show. It was a busy busy week last week. All right. So three episodes dropped on the podcast. We had the last after show of The Mandalorian, which is covering uh, the tragedy and, you know, Boba's return and all that. And then there was uh, our first uh, official um, Lightspeed episode, which is kind of geared as like a news flash sort of uh, headlines and minor news happening in under 15 minutes. So it's really good for those like kind of short times. You don't want to listen into like an hour long thing. Um, it's just a good way to stay on top of stuff. And then uh, the day after that came out was when all this bigger news dropped. And I was like, okay, well, light speed yeah. issue number two is happening. Uh, but because it's like I had to <laughs> that night. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So I had to do a dedicated episode for that stuff, too. So there's a 53 minute episode called All That New Stuff, Disney Investor Day, Star Wars coverage. Uh, I play all the audio from uh, the Lucasfilm section of like the actual uh presentation that they had going on so you can hear all that stuff on there and uh kind of in between the different segments I, I just give you guys like a bit of bit of a rundown stuff like that so uh if anyone's listening at home and hasn't tuned into that yet and you're kind of getting your mind blown right now like read uh maybe pause this one and w listen to that one first <laughs> that we're on the same page here but um yeah so as far as the lando series goes um do you think that solo young solo is gonna like show up in there 
I think they would have to. I'm not sure what his contract obligations are, but I think it was for more than one movie. So they need to figure out how to get rid of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good point. Although I don't know if it actually works that way. I have no idea, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what Bob Iker's plan was. (laughs) That would be quite funny. Did they reveal what they wanted to do with the Lando movie? Uh, I, I have no idea. They just they actually they didn't even specify who was playing Lando. Like in the right in on. the present in the presentation itself, they didn't specify whether Billy D was coming back or if it was going to be Donald Glover. I assumed that it was going to be Donald Glover, and that it was going to be a series that would kind of spin off of Solo a little bit, uh, but uh, in, into his own solo series, uh, and it, it's going to be both. a and they'll do flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Their little timelines that then meet together. <laughs> I'm I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy about this because um, I think Blake said something very. I mean, you're you're kind of agree with me when we were chatting about it. I think during the commentary, and I think we both kind of agreed. Or Reed, were you there for that one? I forget. Last week, no. For the solo, for the solo commentary. Uh, yes, yes, I was. Okay, so I think I think we all have the same opinion on this particular thing, but uh, we all kind of figured that that Donald Glover if he had more time to kind of prepare and kind of get the feels for that character, he could have pulled it off a lot better. Yes. And, yes. and, and I, th- I think that this, cause he, he does that. There's moments where he like nails that part. And then there's other moments where he just kind of like, Tries it's just not all there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, I think that might've been a directorial thing because yeah. they might've wanted Lando to be coming into the character of Lando and not be Lando all the time. That's just a possibility. But in my personal opinion, if that's what they were trying to do, it just didn't work. It just felt like you didn't do the character very well. It just felt like yeah. an impersonation more than him acting as yeah. the character. Yeah, agreed. So, I right. I, I like the idea of having uh, having Billy D and Donald Glover. And you know what? Let's just take it a step further and go like multiverse Spider-Man. Let's have like anime Lando Calrissian. Like senior, we could have white Lando Calrissian, robot chicken uh, Lando have... Calrissian, <laughs> yeah, just everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Um... We, we could even have heterosexual Lando Calrissian because he's Pando Lando, <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, oh, oh man, yeah. What was it again? That it, was it a book that confirmed, or was it one of the? I think it was an interview. Was it, was it, uh, what's his, yeah, what's his face? Kasdan, um, yeah. Kasdan, yeah, yeah. He, he said that Landa was pansexual or something like that. So. I, don't, no, I don't think he said anything. I think he was asked and he was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was yeah. it? I mean, like, <laughs> here, here's Maybe. the thing about, about that, right? Like, I mean, I'm not one to judge, but I mean, quite frankly, when it comes to like a, a, a person and a droid, it just gets weird, right? Like, I mean, like, it's like, I, I'm very uh, accepting I mean, of all know, different. But, have you been to Japan? Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a little harder to get on board with with that one, so I don't know. I mean, but it, I mean, I've, in my head, I've always just kind of pictured Lando as this like womanizer kind of guy, you know. Well, that's what he was. Um, he was hitting on Leia like the all of New Hope. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, and it was she was clearly with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've always just had that in my head. But when you start going after his droid, I was like, man, like that. I don't know. It's just a little weird. But um, anyway, let's uh, let's kind of get into it here. <laughs> so man, this latest episode of Mandalorian is uh, it's called the believe uh, the, the believer, I guess. Chapter chapter 15 of the series, episode seven and the second last one in season two so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, what, uh, let's just like kind of start from the beginning, I guess, uh, Bryce kind of pointed out and it was the second time now that we've seen recycled AT-ATs walking around. Um, do you want to just like elaborate a little more on that? Man, there's no elaboration. I feel like most of my observations when I watch the Mandalorian are just, <laughs> they're just for they're just for fun right like, yeah, yeah i don't know i'm just like how many times are they now like like every time they use it right the effect's gonna wear off a bit so yeah that's the fair. first time you see yeah. it's like oh hey there it is again oh there it is again like, oh man how many of these do they have like in the every planet yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i will say after you said that the next shot where we're gonna look at it it didn't look the same as the one from the oh yeah we sure at. it wasn't the same yeah like it it looked less like an ATAT than the other one did. I thought. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, what are, what are they going to use them for next? Like tour buses? Right, right. <laughs> Everything like seems to have four legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ironic. But yeah, it was interesting enough uh, to bring that up, though. Um, you know, Boba gets a fresh paint of uh, a, a fresh paint job. La- paint job? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, but did you the like planet. That? The planet itself is interesting because, like, it's establishing <laughs> that um, the New Republic pretty much has, like, prison labor camps, like, forced labor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And it's, like, a um, bit messed up. It makes – yeah, and, you know, I guess at this point in time, I guess they have, don't like, a have lot that? of – we pretty do, sure we I guess, but like, I don't know. it's not that unethical. Like, no, because they get at least in Canada. I think the states as well. They get paid for it. So I was just like... about to say, Reed. Do you know any more about kind of real world right now? Kind of labor camps and stuff like that for prisoners. I mean, not really. I almost applied <laughs> as a correctional officer, but then I was like, meh, hard, hard pass on that one. Right. Like, well, I, I don't it seems know. a bit different. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't really think that you're going to have like this is definitely reminding me of like, you know, some World War Two, like like camp where people are just mining. Well, I think there's an like, important <laughs> distinction between a, like a concentration camp. Oh, I'm not saying like it's a, a concentration a camp or something yeah. like that. And yeah, like a, just like a work camp, because I mean, that's been around like a pretty, pretty long time forever right work off your debt or whatever work details the the conditions didn't look great on that planet (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a junk planet i feel like (laughs) if if they were ever gonna go work in like a harsh like unwelcoming environment like it's gonna be star wars that that happens so i mean i'm not shocked it kind of reminded me of um uh jedi fallen order though because that's like yeah. a oh yeah order sort of yeah. except i guess he's not a prisoner he's sort of there by it's, choice kind right of. it's a job yeah okay. i almost got like a titan ae kind of vibe from it you like meet the character and he's like sitting there he's like got like a some sort of cutting tool and he's taking off bits of machinery yeah yeah uh it's it's nice to <clears throat> it's nice to see like parts of the galaxy like this under rule of the new republic because it's it's a very 
in canon right now, it's a very uh, slim window that we actually get a, an idea for like what they're doing to prisoners of theirs. You know, like obviously we got a glimpse at a prison transport vehicle that they had to take down in the first season. But yeah, um, like where they were going, like, you know, no idea. Right. So now we actually see like what the New Republic's doing with prisoners. And like during the Clone Wars, we had a really good glimpse at uh, what a what a prison looks like. Like the giant Republic prison that had that massive, um, that massive breakout, uh, and and that's when Cad Bane and 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 everybody, Boba, Bosk, you know, they all get away, and that was the same arc that Obi Wan was undercover as 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 Ben, right? Um, so he, um, you know, we've 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 had these glimpses in the past, but it's kind of cool to see like kind of this window of the New Republic, so like how they're dealing with you know, all these prisoners everywhere. And at this point in time, they probably have a lot because they just took down the empire, right? So they probably have all these stormtroopers that they haven't executed or anything that just like, oh, what do we do with them? We can't just stick them in a prison. And, you know, maybe there's too many, right? So maybe they're at camps like this, you know, across the galaxy working on junk planets like Raxus or, or whatever else. I don't know. But um, yeah, no, that's an interesting thing to bring up. Um, we can go back yeah, to uh, uh, Fett. Well, yeah, let's go back to his. Armor. Yeah, let's go back to his his armor there. Like, did you? It kind of took me by surprise when when the camera kind of turned and focused on him. I was like, oh wow! Like, this is the first time ever that we've seen him in a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, I thought it was funny that even though he repainted the helmet, you could still see scratch marks all around where the dent was. <laughs> yeah, I thought that <laughs> so was pretty good. He painted the helmet and then immediately hit his head in the same spot and scratched off the paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you like that though, Bryce? I didn't. I don't, my, you know, my first reaction to any sort of change is negative, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Sure. It's fine. I mean, he can repaint his armor. You should I, take I off his big, um, his big, like cloak oh. thing. So yeah, I was going to say, I don't, yeah. armor is not bothering me. Like, I don't mind like, yeah, getting a new uh, paint job or whatever. It's probably long overdue, but I was, it, I don't know. It kind of made him. It makes him look really like uh, fluffy and cumbersome. Like walk tromping around with the coat or whatever. I mean, I guess he didn't have to like walk around that much this episode. But it's just kind of like odd that this cloak is just like sticking out in places all over his armor. Yeah, the, the kilt is a little. Uh, it's a. Little, I wouldn't say off-putting, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So I'm a little off-putting. I thought it looked kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's different than his regular look, which is like the the flight pants, but I know I'm, it almost looks a little samurai esque with the, I, the kilt thing. I I yeah. kind of I, I I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I wish it wasn't so bulky underneath the other his other things. But I've always liked the look of like the kilt on the clones, like when they've worn yeah. the kilts. I was just thinking of that. Cool. I do like, like that. Feels like nah. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are the main troopers, right? They all have the, the kilts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always, I've always kind of been on board with that too. Uh, you know, it doesn't agree with everybody, but, but um, I've always kind of liked that uh, with, with like Rex and um, you know other of those, those arc troopers. You know, they've, they've got the thing. So, yeah, I thought it was a, an interesting, an interesting look. Uh, but I hopefully maybe it gets refined a little more later on. Maybe they're gonna push with that whole kilt look and kind of give him a real kilt instead of this that the robe. Flannel full braveheart lad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think maybe he just thinks he looks great, and no one, everyone's too 
Everyone's too scared to tell him he looks like a, a bit chunky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Maybe he's a bear. His thighs are really thick now, so he wants to hide them under that kilt. I feel like he'd appreciate some honesty from his friends, but I, uh, I think like as far as like Boba's age, like how old is he now? Is he like, um, is he supposed to be technically in his in his fifties? It's got to be around there. Isn't he, well, Boba's technically a cologne, isn't he? Or oh, yeah, he's yeah the aging he's, process from him though. They did, yeah. yeah he's <laughs> unmodified, yeah. So he was uh, about supposed to be about twelve or something in Attack of the Clones, and then Clone Wars is like three years, so you know, yeah, roughly the, fifteen uh, by Episode three, and then there's twenty more years between three and four, so maybe mm-hmm. like thirty-five. The is really do wonders for his skin though well oh that's true that's a good point yeah <laughs> yeah all that stomach acid has probably gotten to his gotten to you his face a little that's bit. why he's covering uh, everything up to, with the cloak because he's like yeah, i don't want to be well, well and then well, in the comic books he's trilogy. basically a walking mummy he's yeah. Just, yeah like filled up in bandages isn't that Dengar? Thinking of Dengar. Dengar <laughs> <laughs> treats him, so we must copy his look. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what's with all these bounty hunters? They just yeah. get scarred up right. so bad. Well, Dengar yeah. saved him. That's all he had in his closet with these bandages. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Janko had that, like, eye scar, you know, the scars on his cheek and stuff. Right. Oh, man. Actually, yeah, but- uh, for the kimono, I'm looking at images from the last episode when we see Boba again and he, he shows up, those are the same pants slash kilt thing that he's wearing. So I think it's just, there's no leg armor just like Boba never had. So the original pants right. would have been dissolved in the stomach acid of the Sarlacc. So he's just well, wearing his same pants as before. Like last episode. Yeah. Sure. And I think, um, he, it, like in that last episode that we saw him, he only had, I think that those knee rocket braces, uh, that the yellow ones that go right around his kneecap, they shot they shot like the rockets at the the stormtroopers. So he's got those, but oh yeah, I think they were beneath the kilt in this episode. So I didn't actually see them, but um, but yeah, he's got very little as far as like leg armor goes. I think Django had more as far as kind of leg yeah. armor. But Boba's but, never yeah. worn leg armor. I mean, he wore the no. shin guards, but he's never worn anything on his thighs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool to see see him come back and. Um, I mean, we all love Boba Fett a lot. So there's um, even a yeah. scene where we saw him without the jetpack on, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I I thought it was cool to see like how kind of how the jetpack kind of clamps into the the vest, you know? Like there yeah, was some some like, gaps, like some slots and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a big action sequence in this one. Uh, really, really kind of classic heisty kind of vibes coming off of you know them trying to take a transport truck and then and then have to fend off these invaders and then yeah. you know I was getting major solo vibes from this whole train you know they have to take the train over and then the pirates come in and you know all that stuff it was like the same they stuff have like the worst methods of transportation for like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's true <laughs> totally yeah. I thought like, that was I, pretty funny it's I like love the-, the Empire's logic man it's like here you know what we're gonna get a whole bunch of these like heavily armored like probably very expensive expensive transports to 
transport this highly volatile material, but we're not going to put guards on the things to protect them. We're <laughs> yeah, also like, we, we have all these ships and levitating vehicles, so we're going to use this thing with wheels as to hit every single yeah, they're so bump. They're so yeah. cheap. They're so cheap, right? I mean, it even it even show, they've been doing a really good job in this in this show of showing that off because even when the two scout troopers were like trying to shoot that uh, oh, yeah, the... they're trying to shoot that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like their blasters just like they made a yeah it's like they made a joke as to why stormtroopers always miss and it's like the blame isn't on the people it's actually on the weaponry right because they went mass production like you know they just just cheap you know, cheap cheap yeah, yeah they just yeah, they like, just crank uh, these things out right mando's blaster broke when he was trying to <laughs> yeah exactly like mando's blaster broke and that wasn't even his blaster that was the this the the tank troopers blaster yeah, right? yeah so, I, I feel like that's a bit of a a, a lore hiccup is it not like blasters should not have like ten shots in them. No, yeah, it's it was well, it was a faulty blaster. It's a faulty blaster, but it's that's what I'm saying. Like that is just an old blaster because it's the first time we've ever seen a blaster in Star Wars ever run out of ammo. At least according to the games, they're supposed to run every like fifty or sixty shots yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard I've heard a few times like here and there in in the show, like the animated show, that you know someone's blaster jammed or whatever. You know, you get it in the books too. <laughs> But um, but in general, I just think like a lot of the blame tends to, at least in recent canon material, they've tried to point blame on the stormtroopers accuracy to their weapons rather than like the actual competency of the troopers themselves. I don't know. Um, Have you watched the last couple of episodes? They're like they're complete buffoons. <laughs> yeah. the trooper, it's like slapstick comedy at certain points. Yeah. yeah, at some points. Yeah. It Mando up last episode. So I mean, the only time they can hit people is when it's when it's uh, our main character. Like the, <laughs> the only, 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 the only thing armor. To become an imperial officer, all you need to do is just not be like completely useless, and you'll totally make rank. In the front line. In the Empire's defense, they probably have to set the bar pretty low. Like, I'm sure most of these stormtroopers were, like, the ones that they sent to the whatever academy. And then they were like, oh, sorry, uh, you're welcome to the academy, but you got to go back out. Here's your armor and your guns. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, infantry. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's, the Empire it's... is actually just made up. Like maybe maybe it's all a big conspiracy to keep the galaxy in line to have someone people to be afraid of of the empire. It's all by, made up by the Rebel Alliance. Right. That's why they never hit anything, but they they're always around. They get bright it's, I mean, yeah. I guess they also they also kind of point it towards the stormtroopers' helmets that they just can't see very well out of them. Too. It comes so up maybe, a lot. That comes up a lot. It come up in Star Wars Rebels countless times. So. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's I thought I thought uh, in general, I think like this whole sequence was was pretty cool, like pretty well done. Oh yeah, this um, episode. We, we had uh, we had a really interesting like villain show up too. Did you guys know that? Um, I think it was was it was it Valum Hess? Is that the name of the the officer that showed yeah, up? I'm not sure. I just know he talked about Operation Cinder, which I recognized. Yeah, so he's actually played by Richard. Uh, Richard Brake or something like that is his name and he actually plays the Night King on Game of Thrones oh, so he's got a really kind of yeah so he's got this creepy face to him which yeah, works so well 
Yeah, no, like, no offense to Richard at all, but like that's totally how he got the job. <laughs> well, I recognize uh, that guy from like a lot of movies, but it was not Game of Thrones that I recognized him from. That was right. not, I did not expect that one. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just came off with the right attitude, you know, like just the oh, creepiest yeah. old sleazy officer. Like, oh, it's so good. That like, just <laughs> it's like the it's like the one thing that you want to see watching a show like this, you know, like the the, the people who survive like the end of the empire it's like it's gonna be people like this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah as phil said earlier he's like a moff tarkin knockoff character yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. <laughs> the, the bony structure it just it, the resemblance is just very on point i'm kind of yeah. sad i'm almost sad they sh- shot and killed them to be honest because i kind of want them to come back like you know the origin story yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was it was cool operation cinder since i mentioned it just a second ago uh do you guys remember specifically what it was from was it was that one of the families of rebels what was battlefront okay i wondered that so uh what's her name is like that uh her father admiral um Mm -hmm. crap uh oh (laughs) you're talking about uh the main character of the yeah yeah yeah, oh, man, I forget the the, I the, ad, the, is the admiral's the admiral's She's name Aiden or whatever. Verso. Yeah, I, yeah, I, Admiral I, Versio. Yeah, is like put yeah. in charge of this because it's like, what are those uh, Sith like? Uh, I don't know. They gave the uh, Darth Sidious his final orders or whatever, and so like they mm, yeah. that was like their the big like operation. Like, okay, so the Empire is falling apart. We gotta. We're just gonna like it's basically like a scorched earth poli- uh, policy. Oh, I think like, this might have been yeah. in the book series too. Then this this yeah. uh, this operation was like drawn out across multi different forms of media. So like yeah. there was yeah. uh, there was ties from uh, Battlefront Two, Shattered Empire, the comic yes. series, uh, the there- Alphabet Squadron novels, uh, which also included Shadowfall and Victory Price, which is the latest one. So across all those different things, like they actually reference Operation Cinder in those things. Mm-hmm. And it involved basically just like uh, the decimation of countless worlds that Palpatine had targeted beforehand. And the entire yeah. operation was carried out by a guy called Gallius Rax, who he'd kind of groomed very similar to Anakin as like an Imperial officer that would one day carry this order out if he ever died. And then he had these like red cloak sentinels go around to all mm, the like the yeah. major people and like deliver the message. And they had this hologram of like a the emperor's a, face. A, yeah, it was like a deep fake Palpatine kind of face like <laughs> popping up yeah. in their head. Yeah. So so that was all carried out. And then I think in the game. In Battlefront 2, you have to defend Naboo because uh, Naboo's under attack and being the Palpatine's homeworld, mm-hmm. I guess he thought if he ever died, he wanted his homeworld to kind of die with him sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so it, it, that's why, uh, like, Operation Center is kind of cool because, like, that, that's why I say it's basically a scorched earth policy because Palpatine was like, well, if, if I can't have it, then no one can. So he's basically yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like a full planet killing weapon, but it's like a like a series of, like, uh, satellites or whatever they call them, and they, like, destabilize the atmospheres or something like that of yeah. the planet. So it was, just, it was a really cool kind of, like... Uh, evil villain plot yeah because i can't remember the planet that you actually watch uh get destroyed or whatever uh when you're playing as Iden, but it's like her homeworld basically and she's like that's mm-hmm. kind of the turning point in the game because she's like well what the fudge like this is my this is my home what are we're killing imperials what's going on and they're like 
do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, after that was carried out, because that was a couple weeks after after Endor sort of thing, um, there's a, a year up until the Battle of Jakku. And then at that battle, there's like the, the final kind of stage of the plan was to uh, kind of lure uh, all the the rebel forces or the new Republic forces they were calling themselves into this war. And then the plan was to blow up the planet and like have all the Imperial and new Republic resources just like decimated. And then a select few uh, Imperials, including this Gallius Rax character would have rebuilt the empire from scratch and kind of rebooted it. Right. But the plan fails. And then Admiral Sloan, who's kind of become this rising character in media as well. She's popped up a few times, including uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which just came out. Uh, she actually kills Gallius Rax, and with his dying breath, he sort of like says, like you know, join the other Imperials, um, you know, restart the Empire. This is like the the final command sort of thing. And so they go off to the unknown regions to, I guess, regroup and restart the Empire. But um, but yeah, it, I mean, this show being five years later, it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, well, if they're off in the middle of nowhere in the unknown regions like there's still imperial resources here like in kind of the outer mm. rim and whatever like that they're still trying to deal with so i guess this show is going to be kind of a really key moment in the story to kind of connect those dots and sort of relate so this are you thinking then that stuff that these imperials are connected to the ones in the outer region or i originally thought they were just like oh absolutely yeah groups that were just kind of left behind now they're just no, left to, I, um, you know, no, I, I, I 100% think this group is tied to, to all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, because this officer said this, uh, you know, this creepy Valen guy or whatever yeah. said um, that people people uh, will eventually want order over over freedom. Right. Uh, because to him and to the rest of the Empire, freedom is also chaos. So. When he said order, I was like, "Oh man, like that's that's such an Easter egg to like the first order stuff." Like, right? You know, there was there was like a big I wouldn't say a pause, but it was very emphasized when he said order that you know, yeah, it was a, a little yeah. touch. Yeah, and and with all the Easter eggs we've been getting with the whole Snoke reference and the back to tanks, like a couple episodes ago, um, you know, with with uh, the name drop of Thrawn still who we haven't yeah. seen like there's a lot more going on here and then not to mention last week's announcements uh the two shows being ahsoka and uh uh what's the other one called uh something of the new republic rangers, uh, rangers. rangers. Yeah, yeah thanks yeah thank you yeah so rangers of the new republic and ahsoka and assuming mandalorian season three are all supposed to kind of link together and then what kathleen kennedy said in her press announcement uh, said are going to conclude in one epic fin- uh, cinematic event, which could either be a movie or another show, kind of like how they did Netflix, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, and then it kind of all came together in The Defenders. So it's possible they're kind of going that route. So we're going to have an, an Avengers? We're going to lead up to an Avengers series in Star Wars? Something like that. Uh, something like that, yeah. It kind of also... Reminds me, game. yeah. It kind of also reminds me of how they did at the ending of Clone Wars, right? So when you look at the Clone Wars, it ends off overlapping Revenge of the Sith, but with the new animated show, which is directly a Clone Wars sequel, hundred percent, the Bad Batch, it actually starts during Revenge of the Sith. 
or or before it crosses over with that and the Clone Wars and then keeps going onward. So now you have three things overlapping together, creating this big, gigantic story. So it's yeah. very possible that they could go that route with the live action shows. But uh, yeah, the only reason why I think they'd be hesitant to do that is a lot of normies would be get really would get really confused over it. So like, I th- I think they're moving away from that direction, but I I also agree because like because like it would it would suck for kind of that to happen, but at the same time, when they made Solo and dropped them all in there, that was the oh, turning man. point. Yeah, that, that confused was the so many people. <laughs> and that's the moment though that I was like, okay. We're actually going the route of the fans, you know. We're not so much going the route of Force Awakens, where we're trying to impress, you know, the people who just like the nostalgia of Star Wars. We're trying to impress the people now who actually follow the story, which is what I really want because that kind of rewards you as a fan for watching all this extra stuff, and it's like it's finally starting to pay off a little bit, right? It's true, as opposed to trying to keep up with everything and then each director just changes the direction so much that everything you've been looking into is completely useless and irrelevant. Exactly. Exactly. What's the point (laughs) of having Canon if all the books that you read over the years are just rendered completely useless, right? By, by continuity errors, like it makes no sense. So, and, and that was the whole idea why Lucasfilm branded the expanded universe as legends in the first place is that they had that mentality starting out. They were like, yeah, we're going to make a consistent story. That's going to be Canon. Everything is going to matter. So, they can't not, you know, they can't just ignore that when they make the films like what they did with Rise of Skywalker, for example, which ignored so many things. And it's like, dude, like stick with the narrative here, <laughs> you know, or Last Jedi, too. It's like stick with the narrative. Just like like they can't just keep bringing in all these people from the outside and like coming up with these stories that just like end up not matter at all. You know, I mean, so. I feel like. I feel like, to a certain extent, Maul is nostalgia as well. <laughs> That's, <laughs> like, That's It's fair. not That's like fair. he's not nostalgia. Like he's he's he both. Was a great character. He had a lot of depth. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe why they're like, okay, this is probably a safe yeah. bet because it's fan service, and also a bunch of people are going to be like, ah, cool, Darth Maul's back. Like, right. Yeah. I, I want to hear Phil's thoughts. He, he's he's unsure about some of this stuff. <laughs> are, are we talking about the Maul stuff? Everything, everything, just everything about the sequels and the Maul. Just what, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Well, the thing is, like, that's the thing, right? So, like, I I'm I'm the, I'm I'm a movie guy. I mostly just watch the movies. I don't. I tried to get into, into Clone Wars a couple of times. I just couldn't do it. The, the art style just isn't for me. And I know there's Rebels too, but again, it's just I'm not I'm not into like the style and the format. Medium. Mandalorian kind of uh, I was a bit hesitant on watching it first because again I'm not, I'm not much into series. Mm. It's not the time right. usually. Like I, I watched all all what seven episodes in the last like three days because I was waiting to binge watch it all. <laughs> yeah and. Uh, Man, I like this Phil guy. We're on the same page. TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reed's on the same page as you. You're not the only one here. Yeah. So it's like you know, like I, I, I like what they did with Mandalorian because I, I forget her name. I'm sorry. The the uh, the bounty hunter, the Mandalorian lady. Um, right. Poke Poke Tan. That's the one. Oh, Poke. So yeah. like, I know nothing of her, and when they revealed her. Like when she said her name, I felt it was important, but I also felt like I didn't need to know. As as, right. as a person watching Mandalorian, I felt like 
you know, she's probably important, but it doesn't matter to me because I didn't watch the Clone Wars or Rebels or whatever. And I don't, and I, know, didn't like, I didn't feel like I was losing out on information that was valuable to the Mandalorian right mm, now. Right. As and you know what? Yeah. That's actually That's a fair. very key thing that is uh, something that makes a good film is you can have this other stuff that ties in, but it doesn't rely on it to make yeah. it a good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for, for Darth Maul, I knew that he, you know, he got chopped up and he got some, you know, he got some cyberpunk, tw- like 27, whatever, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got, he got some fancy digs and like, I knew about it, but I felt like even if you didn't, you'd probably be confused, but you'd probably be like, Oh, shit, he actually survived. That can kind of be like a cool reveal, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. I also feel like so that like the movie is so forgettable to me that like it really doesn't matter. I kind of forgot that Darth Maul uh, was in there until you guys mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the blue hologram that decided to like shine red for some reason. All the holograms are blue, right? Except yeah. when Darth Maul takes out his saber. <laughs> yeah that's true actually there's a bit of color there yeah no one is yeah what the heck maybe he requested it during hey, the I think, hey hey make sure, can you turn the color on i want the 4k hologram here i want i want full display yeah it's like that's gonna, that's gonna use up all my data it's like i want it man turn the extra bandwidth yeah 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 uh no that's that's uh that's well said i think that's a really good point though like i guess uh to most fans the films that just can't really jump on board with the shows like i guess you know some of that stuff can be confusing um but, but then you know my, like there's no I, problem they can't yeah funny. yeah for sure but as long as the information isn't yeah. like dependent i don't like as long as like right information yeah. that was given in rebels isn't necessary to know to like, right. enjoy yeah. the show to like a very yeah no show. I uh, I definitely lost. yeah I, I I agree with that like for sure like I think you know that that's when that's when it becomes just uh, kind of a not really well written film because it, it does have to have its own identity right so yeah like I I think like yeah that that's very that's very accurate um, that's what uh, I like what, what I think like stuff with you guys is because like. I haven't watched all of the Clone Wars stuff or like Rebels and all those other shows. And so when, right. like when we do watch the Mandalorian, like Mandalorian's pretty good. Like you don't really need to go back and like watch all those, sh- all those shows like Phil was saying. But like when we're doing the podcast, it's cool. Cause then I'm like, Oh, Hey, like, so break this down even more for me. Cause like, I, I don't know the, the history behind all this stuff. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, it's always interesting doing that, and like even actually, I I kind of learned some stuff doing it too because like when I look up things, and I mean I usually catch quite a bit of it, but um, but some things I'm like, oh, what did I know that from again? And then when I look it up, I'm like, oh yeah, and it's like yeah, all this other stuff. And then sometimes I find some stuff that I've maybe have missed, and you know, because I haven't read all the books out there, right? Like I'm, you know, there's a big chunk of them in canon that I haven't read, um, but it, just, it is always too much came out at once. It's hard to keep up. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. And like, I, I, I had to stop buying them at some point because I'm like, I just can't. I literally can't keep on top of them anymore. So trading your bank account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's I mean, I well, especially when you're like a fool like me and you buy all the hardcovers. Yeah. It's like thirty five dollars a pop. It's like I, I can't know, keep up with this. <laughs> it goes a whale when they see it. I know. You know that that was the heaviest box when I was moving. It's like I'll just. It's like what's that box? That big, massive, heavy thing. Oh, that's my Star Wars books. <laughs> it's, it's like it's heavier than your 
couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like it, it's, it's a good point to bring up though. And, and um, you know, it's, it's what I like to see though is being like as, as a fan who does kind of get into that stuff, pretty much all I'm saying is like, it's nice to be rewarded like watching a show like this and then you do kind of get all those references and like you start to see the story kind of come together a lot um and even though i don't like the sequels personally uh, like at all um i like i liked what this show was trying your fan base josh (laughs) no i've I've always (laughs) mentioned it i've always mentioned it and like you know anyone has the right to feel differently about it but all i'm saying is like I, i like even though i don't like those films very much i like what this show mandalorian is trying to do because when those snow back to tank showed up, I was like, I can get on board with this. Like, I actually, mm. I don't mind. Like, I, I like far fetched. Now that there's this clone, this force wielding clone that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, well, I just that gap for you. I mean, I, I just like some backstory, right? Like, I just like some history, some holes being filled in. Because, like, I feel like with some of those sequel films, we just got so many things that just came out of left field, and wasn't pre-established or built on or anything like that and uh and then all the content that they've been releasing over the last five years which i've tried to stay on top of hasn't done anything to fill that in so like you'd think though like that if you were the kind of person that that does like oh it's like oh i know all these things but it's like no like there's still a lot that they haven't they haven't told and and you know it's like they still haven't filled in how luke's lightsaber got into maz kanata's temple right like they still haven't done stories if they explain that it's going to be like a side note in a novel you know that right <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's actually well they've actually started to touch up on on that story in the new marvel comic series that's between episode five and six and uh and so now they're finally kind of getting around to it but we're talking about a movie that came out five years ago yeah it's, so people have like, probably already forgotten that that's like a Oh, like a hole in canon, right? Yeah, people have totally forgotten about it. Yeah, if if they show it in other stuff, like in shows and uh, books, or even like graphic novels, that's totally cool with me. But like, if we like, just like going back to Solo for like a second, like I I didn't need to know where Han Solo got his gun from. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of the same thing with the lightsaber. It's I don't I don't need yeah. to when I'm watching a film like. The whole, the whole, I don't know. It, it just didn't need to. I don't need the answer. Sometimes I don't need the answer. I just don't need to know like about specific items that are like so tiny to the universe, like Hansel's gun. Yeah, it almost. Like, I love it, it when so Phil funny. says it. It makes it sound so like it makes me feel ridiculous. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. It's fun for the fans, but it's just like sometimes, it's like if you do too much, it's just like again, we're going back to a movie that you know for that specific movie that like give me so many gripes about it. It's like everything was explained. Like are you telling me like how old is he? Like thirty years old? Is like thirty years after or whatever? He still has the same goddamn gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it hasn't jammed once or twice. I mean, you need some mystery to your character, right? You don't want, like, every single... You don't want to know, like, 
their entire life because they become less of an interesting character. I, I don't want to know if they had a bad egg sandwich on Tatooine yeah. when they were five years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, this is why he's so grumpy all the time. He had that egg sandwich. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I, I see where you're coming from for sure. Um, but, uh, but, like, yeah. but so guess, far, <laughs> bring it back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a detour. <laughs> So far, it's actually what I've, I've liked a lot about the show is that like those those details that are very like uh, like fan centric. Like I consider myself a Star Wars fan, but you know I, I don't I don't go out of my way to look at look up extra material that I don't mm-hmm. really have the time for. You know what I mean? So like, I don't fair, really yeah. go out and like watch the watch the extra shows. And, uh, There's a lot of fans on the same page. There's a lot of fans on the same page yeah. as you. Yeah, and yeah. and um, that's what I like about the Sorry, that's what I like about the Mandalorian because I feel like all the extra stuff is isn't like really thrown at me too much, and all the nostalgic stuff and the Easter eggs or whatever, like Boba Fett, for example, and like in the last two episodes, he's not getting a lot of screen time, and I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it's, it's the way to do it. Or else he'll just mm-hmm. steal the show, right? It's not yep. about him. And it's the same with all the other characters. Like, they're all very well established as side characters that kind of help uh, the Mandalorian and uh, and ba- Baby Yoda on their travels. <laughs> it's Grogu. It's Grogu. <laughs> At this point, oh, we just call the show Grogu Tasty Travels. Because I feel like that's what the is about. It's just Grogu just finding food and trying to eat it the whole time. Honestly, it's like at least 30% of the show. He's going oh, yeah. to eat the flesh of his enemies soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Um, I, like, I, 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 there was something that I actually said in one of the earlier episodes where um, I kind of asked everybody whether or not they would actually feel if these characters popping up would steal the show because mm-hmm. um, it was actually something, I think I brought it up last week even about Boba Fett. I said like, now that we've got Boba Fett, who seems to be kind of a temporary slash permanent member of this little crew that they're going after the, you know, Grogu from, from the empire and stuff. Uh, I was like, do you think that he's going to steal the show? And after watching this episode, I can actually confidently say he didn't actually steal the show. And Not yet. It's a, I mean, he, uh, yeah, yeah. this no. episode, he was the getaway yeah. driver. He didn't do much. Yeah. Right, you know? right. But, like, I, I thought it was handled pretty well because, like, Boba is a big deal to a lot of people. And I, I feel like even though this show is not about Boba Fett, even though he's in it, uh, like, I feel like he hasn't exactly drawn my attention away from the main narrative here, which is a good thing because uh, it means that I can still really respect these new characters, which I've grown to like a lot. So, so true. And something yeah. I just thought about is is why did no one kind of ask him why he couldn't go into that Imperial compound? Like, he's just like, oh, let's just say they'll recognize my face or something like that. I think that might be a little nod to the fact that the Empire had employed him before. That's right? what I was thinking, because they had hired oh. him, so he'd be in yeah. their database. Well, I thought it was because he'd be a clone. Oh, it could be that too. I thought I thought I thought that was the joke. Is that he's a clone, oh, so they're gonna. That actually makes even more sense than what yeah. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like, how will the clones be at this point? That's true. All, I think they. Oh, they're dead. Be dead. Yeah, yeah. I think the last couple were kind of. Well, I mean, 
Because, like, maybe Rex would be alive, but he'd be, Rex, like, decrepit. Yeah, Rex fought at the Battle of Endor, and he was, like, an old man. He was the one with the gray beard and stuff like that, right? So It's, it's I think- canon film. Rex, in Clone, Clone Wars character, was in Return of the Jedi live action. That's, that's right. That's speaking, right. Of, uh, <laughs> speaking of face, though, like, have we, like, why did the terminal need to scan his face? It was weird. Yeah. I agree. Like, See, I, I thought that was strange too because, like, I thought it would scan his face and and have it to be facial recognition based. Yeah, thing, so but, it'd yeah. have to be approved to a face that it's been told to approve. Yeah, yeah that I know. Like, it's right? like working yeah. for the FBI and having your password be password. Like at that point, yeah. <laughs> what, what not even. Is? It's just leaving the password thing blank and hitting yeah. enter. It's like yeah, yeah. You and that extra security. <laughs> it scans to make sure you're not a terrorist, but if you're anyone else, yeah, just go ahead and use our computer. They just don't want droids. They just don't want droids. Here's I what so. I think yeah. it's going to be. I, I think uh, it scans and puts into memory and saves whoever scanned into it. So now there's a computer that maybe before the base got blown up or whatever, scanned up to the network, and they now have a scan of the Mandalorian's face. Yeah. And... He's supposed to be secret. No one's supposed to know, but they're going to show it to like the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's what I was thinking. That, like when I when I saw that, I was like, okay, well now they probably have his base, his face in the database. But then there's two things: it's data like, face, data face. Uh, <laughs> like he you know, like I wouldn't say never because obviously he has, but for the most part, he never shows his face. So it doesn't matter if you have a picture of his face; he's got a helmet on his head. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then <laughs> he's gonna get kicked out. He's getting kicked out of his uh, his. Well, that like, that's what I was gonna well, say. So I, was just, I was gonna say like, I'm I'm wondering about like, especially with the other episode where they're like on the you know the fake Camino planet, um, <laughs> about like you know he met those other Mandalorians that don't necessarily have the same creed as him. Like they're yeah. not like as strict, they're not as zealous. So like. Him taking his helmet now, I don't, like it's been twice now, and what, uh, what was his name again? Bill Burr, Mayfield, oh. Mayfeld. Yeah. Um, you know when they're talking together about like basically they're talking about he's talking about his conviction. Like if he really did believe in in his creed that much, then he wouldn't take his helmet for anything. He would have. Well, died. I think that's a story arc, right? Yeah, because he did believe arc. it, but yeah. now he's willing to give it up because he's trying to save the kid. Well, he was he was trying to save the, yeah. It's the second time now he's kind of you know he's trying to save the kid because of it, and then but now I wonder if he's changing his ideals at all, and if he's gonna well, like, be as committed to the creed or not going forward. This is uh, no longer the way. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's slowly becoming more lenient, right? Because he he's also willing to give Boba Fett say his armor back. Mm-hmm. because you know for certain reasons but before it was almost very clearly like you're not like a true mandal like you don't get anything but he's slowly i feel like changing and that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah that, that bill burr scene was uh my favorite part of the the show I, like this well i will this, say like uh, I, like i think the discussion we've had tonight kind of like encapsulates the episode for me where it's like i felt like as a whole the episode was really good but Aside from that one moment when they're talking in the car, or in the big truck, I guess, um, there wasn't really that many moments that yeah. just kind of stood out. There was that and the cafeteria guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That the was cafeteria guy. I mean, when you have – it's a half hour, right? So there's only – like you don't have much that can really stand out. But right. I, I really felt like 
you know, there really was all there was, but those two moments really stuck out quite a bit. And yeah, for uh, sure. when they were talking about it in the, in the truck, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty powerful. Like it was, it was, it was a good scene. I think it's really good. Cause it's a lot of times it's what the audience is, is asking too. A lot of times the audience is like, "Oh, if this guy's like so convicted, like why is he like why is he able to kind of like change the rules in certain situations?" So I feel like it, it's it's kind of nice to have like a character in the show be like, "Hey, well, come on, like what are, what are you doing here? Like, what are you mad for? You, you, this is kind of bullshit." Yeah, well, yeah, it's true because it, it does bring the forefront that it's not just uh, they copped yeah. out for the sake of you know moving the story along. It's actually part of the story itself. And yeah, and I feel like it's also hitting home kind of this theme of the Mandalorian in general, which is like who you know is it like you can pick a side, but you know it's all the same crap, right? Like mm. whether you're rebel or empire, like like as long as what, what does he say? It's like as long mm. as you're like, all the same. That was actually them. you're gonna be happy to hear this. That was one of the main story points of the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, remember that. Yeah. yeah. The, the I've only... thing so far I found it in, like in this series specifically is that like although the the new republic is like uh, trying to you know get up and running I haven't seen anything from them really aside from those two fighter pilots and the Space officers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So their like, prison, the prison ship. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like there's just there's not much to indicate like what the new order is uh, not the new order. Sorry, the uh, the new republic is really doing. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. Like obviously, I know they're like supposed to be the good guys, I guess. But I just, you know, you don't really see it. Well, we're kind of getting hints in in like small pieces of it. So like the fighter pilot guy said that they're stretched too thin, and then the imperial guy today said that they're in total chaos because they're trying to figure out how they're gonna get everything together and rule yeah. it. And I also recall some of the books, they decide that they don't want to have any military presence at all. So as soon as they win, they actually get rid of their military. So I guess a handful of cops. And other than that, they don't have any military at all. So Yeah, I think that's where a lot of like those stories come in, I guess, in, in canon, just like the comics and the books and stuff like that. But I think as far as like kind of like what you're saying about how... You know, like we haven't really seen much of them in general and like referring to kind of the live action stuff. Uh, I think that might actually be what this new show is going to be about is that Rangers of the New Republic. I think we're going to get a lot more in regards mm-hmm. to uh, <clears throat> what what I think most people would kind of uh, tune into and actually watch. Right. Oh, please. Um, oh, please. Let it be like Starsky and Hutch, but in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it ran through my head. I was like, I wonder if Dave Filoni cast himself as a main actor in that. Movie. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd be paying me now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, at first, the, you know, the first day he did it, you know, because John Favreau forced him to do it. Uh, he was like, well, I don't know, John, you know, and then and then he does it, and then and then now he's just hooked. Now he's like, I'm yeah. gonna make a whole series about Trapper Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> You got, got a sweet paycheck from that live actor performance and realize that's where the money is at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We got um, – who was it that brought it up? We got uh, we got 
the seismic charges that show up again, which is cool. such a call, yeah. big callback to Attack of the Clones. So that was like really cool to see that because Best uh, Star Wars sound ever. Oh yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a tight wire that's just being like flicked or something. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, every time, every time I saw, well, the second time that, that I, well, I think, how am I, maybe it's the third time I've seen this episode now. Um, it, uh, when it, when it happens, all I can think about now is like young Boba, like after Django says, uh, come on, son, we'll have a couple of surprises for him. And then, you know, Boba's like, well, that's God. exactly what I was thinking. I, all I thought when he dropped that seismic choice was, right up into the moment he's like, as soon as those tie fighters were behind him, I was like, man, I know it exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah, exactly. Oh he man! Did yeah, Daniel Logan's little chuckle that he does. Oh so my goodness, good, so great! Um, oh, before I, okay, before I forget, we should talk about our um, uh, oh, what do they call them? War boys or whatever? The freaking uh, suicidal dog aliens or whatever? Who shall ride shiny? Oh, yeah, oh yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. The savages. The savages. Straight, right. straight out of Mad Max for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the, the pirates and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Dude, that would have been so funny. Oh my gosh. I thought I'd seen edit with like chrome on their faces and stuff. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I I appreciated they came up with another pirate race other than the Nikdos because they always go to the Nikdos for those kind of moments where they're using, you know, they need pirates for something. So, oh, we'll get what well, or always oh, the weak way, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah, I always get the two one. mixed they up. Look, they all look exactly yeah. the same though. So yeah. That's why I don't I don't really yeah. know why they did just use Nikto or Weequay because right. they're just another dog alien. Big job. <laughs> Why yeah. not make them a bit different or interesting? It's just well, I think it's just hilarious that they. I think it must it must have ran through somebody's head to, for them to come up with a whole new race for this particular sequence because instantly when I saw them I was like. Oh, you know, they almost look like, you know, from far off. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the Neek Doves, the Weak Ways, and you get like closer. And it's like, oh, no, those aren't them. They're like colorful and fleshy and whatever. But I was like, oh, they're, uh, it's a new pirate race that's going to be known amongst Star Wars fans. But it could uh, be that they're just local to that planet. I mean, they were fighting with sticks and right, like, yeah. speakers, sticks stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I'd, I'd I, see that as a possibility too. It was a weird yeah. combo having spears yeah. and then yeah. grenades. It didn't. Yeah, for sure, it, they were not pirates, like per se. They were. Ne- they're, they're definitely not trying to get cargo, and more trying to sabotage cargo. Sabotage. Yeah. yeah. For sure. You know what they were. You know what they were. Rebel scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what would have been very interesting. Like that being said, is the village that they drive through. You know, you see all the innocent kids and everything like that. It would have been very interesting to see if maybe the 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 you know quote unquote pirates or or whoever these people were ended up being these villagers that had planned out like an ambush or whatever to to fend off like imperial forces on the planet and then Din Djarin would have to like figure out what to do with that because he's no you know murderer kind of thing right of course he's gonna protect himself and stuff but like it makes me wonder if he if it was like faced with taking down like some children, children. yeah because i mean we've seen from like solo that enfys nest gang is like a very 
young batch of people, some of them. Um, and, you know, Infant she herself is like... Infant's nest. And Enfys Nest, uh, like the, like, <laughs> <what you> <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught, I caught onto that a little late. Um, yeah, the, like the, the, the redhead girl, you know, she's a bit younger, right? So it, it makes me wonder, like, what, what would, it would have made this episode very interesting to see what he would have done in that scenario if, like, a bunch of these, like, innocent villagers showed up just to defend their home world and, you know, and then he's the one that has to try and figure out what to do, right? So well, here's my next conspiracy theory is that. We don't. We never saw any of those aliens in that little village when they drove through. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that those were all the kids, and they were all just wearing alien masks. <laughs> that's also true. That's, that's also why they a good started point. fighting. That's why they all just got there was three kids bad. in a trench coat this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so bad. Um. <laughs> I don't really have much else other than uh, the final scene where Din kind of gives his Liam Neeson taken speech. I thought that was so out of place. Yeah, I thought so too. It was so weird. Also, why would you ever, like, just from a tactical perspective, you should never tell your enemy that you're, like, planning to come for them. You're better off, you know, coming with a surprise, you know, sneak attack. Especially if you have a crew of, like, four people. He's not going to know when he comes, though. Yeah, but now he knows, you know, at all. So he's going to be more prepared than he would have been otherwise. I think for him, it's kind of a moment of revenge, right? Like he throws his own words back at him because Moff Gideon says that exact thing to him yeah. when he's hiding out in that little cantina on on whatever planet that was called um, in the first season in the finale. So um, I think it was like it was definitely a callback to that. But uh, yeah, giving away the fact that he's coming after him was might have been a little foolish. So maybe we'll see the consequences of that show up later. Yeah, because yeah, now he's going to look at uh, we're going to scan the, the video where it came from, the source code. And like, oh, he's on this planet. And then like, oh, this computer has his face. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting for sure, because it's like, you know. Slave one is like, what, a million years old versus like this brand new shit. <laughs> yeah. Like a rust bucket versus this shiny, nice star destroyer kind of. Well, as a last episode, the slave one flew up like right next to it, and it just didn't even fire a shot. I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, he was just like, "He's like, screw this, man! I'm not doing this." Yeah, I wouldn't do anything to that giant ship. No, it's the uh, yeah. It just felt like a bit out of place. I feel like we've been getting a lot more dialogue from from uh, like our main character. Uh, what I, Din Djarin. I Din Djarin, yeah. Like, and and I feel like in the first season, something I really liked is he was a lot more like silent and serious a lot mm. of the time. Hmm. You, just, you, just, you just want the movie Drive, but in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you not? Did you not? Do you not like like the first season? I I like, do tone? I do like the the strong and silent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I liked how it felt very much more like a like a western, and it yeah. was it was a lot slower, right? So, I, I, I mean, see a scene like this at the end, and I, it it kind of it becomes a bit too um, like Saturday morning cartoony. Like I mean, what what it feels more like to me right now is just I, I'm sure you guys have talked about it at length before, but it really does feel like a D and D campaign at this point. Yeah, where he keeps mm-hmm. getting new quests every episode, and I'd say that like from this from this season so far. A lot of the shows end kind of at the beginning of the next episode, 
in terms of like they kind of like the how they it's it's not like a it's not like a like a solid finish story in the sense mm. of like like the quest is done. There's always a slight cliffhanger. Yeah, there's always like a, this tiny bit, and, and then you know the next episode is coming out, and you know and it's gonna be like what another half hour, and then the season's done. So I can't wait for that cliffhanger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that's a good point. Actually, bringing up the whole D and D thing, um, it's it's actually something that I thought about when they released uh, uh, what's his face, uh, you know, Bill Burr's character. I always forget mm. his name. Uh, but yeah, when that's when that all when I that know happened, him as, dude. Every time I see him, I can't remember his character's Bill name. Burr. I remember Bill Burr though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's it, what uh, Phil? You did you you, you remember his name, right? Yeah, I remember his last name is Mayfeld. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mayfeld. So, uh, so when they let him loose, uh, I instantly thought of, of an RPG campaign that, that I GM'd a couple of years ago where most of our players in the group just wanted to kill and rob and thieve everybody. And, uh, and so like, I, I thought back to that and I was like, man, like, this is a really good example of kind of like, you can not be, uh, you know, a total, you know, just, you you don't need to be like this insane criminal in the world of star wars and 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 make a a living or a a successful victory off of that kind of lifestyle right like you know you can still be the good guy and like be a bounty hunter and like still let somebody go who kind of pulled you a solid and not kill them you know based on like a possibility that they might you know let some information loose so that you're up to no good uh, against these particular people or whatever. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was like a really mm. nice example like of that. He know? was, we met him originally as like a, it's kind of like scummy villainy, yeah. s- semi villainy character. And then in this episode, he kind of redeemed himself to be more just a guy trying to get by. Yeah. He's got like a bad past, right? He regrets. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Again. He was uh, like, cause yeah, last season they kind of didn't, do much with his character other than lock him up basically until mm-hmm. until they needed him again yeah who's just a loud mouth character right yeah so yeah i hope we see more of him because he's not like a character like boba fett where we got to worry about him like overshadowing mando or something mm-hmm. like that because he's kind of a good contrast to him because mando's typically at least fairly like silent untalkative and uh yeah. first character is <laughs> doesn't stop talking <laughs> yeah stop yeah talking. yeah <laughs> no i like uh, i like the fact that this show has put a real big emphasis on the fact that he's actually made quite a few friends like and or allies i guess you could call them because like you know the feeling that you get watching kind of this D esque sort of plot line narrative sort of thing um you know it's very episodic style uh, and and in most D games, at least that I've played, uh, maybe it's not supposed to be this way, but at least the players tend to make a lot of enemies rather than a lot of friends, right? <laughs> and and so the players you have, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But but in general, I think this is like it's really kind of cool to see. Like he's made friends in the the Ugnaught and and now in Fennec and Boba, and you know he's he's made quite a few alliances over at uh, Cobb Vanth, for example. Like, even though he took the armor away, like they had a nice agreement at the end of that. I uh, helped him take down the the um, the the you know I, I almost called it a I almost called it a kraken <laughs> the crate dragon yeah there you uh, go. but but yeah like it, it's nice to see that he's made all and the, and the curly haired woman on uh, Tatooine that looked after yeah. the kid you know also like, the uh, the assassin sniper woman as well right so he originally was gonna take her in 
then they left her for dead and now they're teaming up. Yeah, exactly. So like in a world in which this show evolves around that kind of underworld of scum and villainy, ironically enough, in contrast to that, you've seen a lot of good people. And and even a guy like Boba, who's kind of known for being like this brutal bounty hunter with, you know, you know, no disintegrations kind of thing. Uh, he's actually, it turns out he's actually a guy with, a, you know, some some honor to him as well. Mm. So, yeah, Which I like kind that. Of started to lead that way in Clone Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what I remember from the um, comics is that basically Boba is just basically, he's all about the contract and his word is, is pretty much everything. Hmm. Like the time, uh, like the time he, he stripped the armor off Jodo Cast, that liar. <laughs> <laughs> Which comics were these ones? This is like a Dark Horse comic from I don't, I don't remember what age, but it's like in a Star Wars omnibus. And it's oh okay. Like, All this, right. this this guy is wearing Mandalorian armor, pretending to be Mandalorian, basically taking like Boba Fett contracts, and uh, right. he's just posing, and Boba's not happy yeah. about it, so he sets him up, and then you know. Oh, I think I remember something That's, like this. Isn't that when Boba fights yeah. himself in those comics? I mean, as he's basically yeah. fighting himself. Yeah, I remember the, <laughs> the imaging in the comic. That one's a good one. That's, right. one my, that's one of my favorite ones. Did you uh, ever read those really old comics, like the Marvel? The Marvel ones from way back when? Those are, those are terrible. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> The Dark Horse ones are not that much better. Like some of them are like really, really bad. Like the drawings are just terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got. Uh, one. I'll, have to, I'll have to show you guys later. But okay. I have yeah. one last thing I wanted to mention because I thought it was cool in the artwork at it. the very yep. end. Uh, if you actually pay attention, uh, after the battle at the base, there's actually supposed to be a chase scene in those tanks, and then they jump off the tank onto Slave One and said just off the roof. That's so, kind of cool. Something they that's cut out. Right. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that is. A, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if they like changed up the probably time at the sequence or yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess so. I, don't, I thought it worked pretty well the way it, the way it. Oh yeah, it's fine. Know. I wouldn't have known that they were going to do that if they didn't have the artwork. <laughs> right. Also, they, super interesting. Oh yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Oh okay. I was just going to say a super <laughs> interesting moment when they get to the Imperial base. It is the first time that the stormtroopers are kind of protagonized. Yeah. In the sense that they actually like save them from the pirates or whatever they are. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say maybe they needed maybe they cut that chase scene out because they needed the, um, like those big trawlers, to be sitting in the base so he could shoot it and blow them up. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Any of you guys have anything else or? No. No, covered right, cool. everything I noticed. Yep, I've complained all right, about cool. all the things I've wanted to complain about. It's <laughs> <laughs> always you about the net glass half empty. Enough on this yeah. episode. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Bryce, would you consider yourself a, a glass half empty kind of guy? Oh, I'm so critical when it comes to Star Wars. I try, I try not to be. I really do. I, it's I it's was, hard not to be though, because I mean we all love this franchise very like a lot, yeah. and you know coming from different angles much. and stuff, and yeah. and I think that's the one thing I I don't know if I brought this up before, but I think that's why a lot of us can be very critical because like we want to see it do really well in in the, the different ways that we view it, and um you know especially Ahsoka was a really standout one for me because I really love that character a lot, and I've you know 
I, I think she's honestly one of my favorite characters in the whole the whole franchise. And, you know, you kind of grow to love this character over the course of like seven seasons of a show, plus the next show after that. And now she pops up in live action. You only want to see it do well. And then when you get an, an adaption that just doesn't line up to the way that you envision it to be, it's it's actually a vision of of whoever's doing the episode it's like it's like well that doesn't really agree to me and then you get kind of like we all get kind of uh nippy at at kind of how that comes across but yeah yeah it's just because we care right you know that's the um, main yeah thing. And, and i mean i like 95 you know percent of what i'm watching but yeah you know as it's the five percent you take notice of as you yeah, yeah. Tend to do, I'm really, i only really want to talk about the five percent of crap that i'm like why the heck did he run out of blaster bolts <laughs> <laughs> he should have at least 50 shots in there worst episode exactly actually right, well, notes, one note um so before they uh jumped onto the tank and took over they're kind of chatting there and bill yeah. burr's character i think says uh refers to Alderaan and Mandalore and that they're both blown up. Does that mean Mandalore has been properly blown up at this point or is he just referring to I think like the most of the planets blown up? I think he's referring to just like not ex- like not existing. Yeah, because like, in, like, in the sense of like, I don't know, like is Mandalore blown up? He did. He did say something in the first season, in the very finale. Uh, he, um, also, I think a reason as to how he has the dark saber, because obviously, like hmm. Bo Katan showed up, because she actually last had it in Star Wars Rebels. So now, Moth Gideon's got it, and it has something to do with some sort of purge that happened there right. during the events of the but Empire. It's right? comparable to Alderaan. Is there still any physical planet? I have no idea. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us are, are wondering and might get filled in later on. But yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point to bring up, though. Um, I think we'll see that fulfilled in maybe a future episode. I, I I probably would put money on it that maybe at some point we might even go back to Mandalore. I think we'll go there too if it exists. Yeah, because uh, like it could be referring to even the fact in the Clone Wars, most of the planet is inhospitable. You can only right. live inside that. Yes, yeah, Sundari City. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think uh, it's possible that we could see a, maybe a, kind of like a ruined Sundari City or something like that um, that was maybe under attack by the Empire or something like that. Because you know, at the end of the Clone War, when when the Republic came in and liberated them from the Death Watch and and all that. Uh, you know, there was uh, there was a foreshadowing moment there in that finale episode where you see all the clones kind of directing people, like lanes of people, down the, the pathways, the passageways, and and all that stuff. And it kind of looked like it just kind of looked like the Empire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and they were kind of in that moment antagonizing the clones really well because that's exactly what they become not too long after. And then in the next episode, Order sixty six happens. And then that's what they are. They're there are these these people that that control populations of people and you know, they're basically like the big Gestapo or something like that, right? So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting thing to think like what actually happened there. Cause like the Empire when the Republic turned into that, like they, they had control of Mandalore hundred percent. So. Yeah, they would have all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. And uh, thank you uh, to Phil for, for joining us uh, today. And I'm sure we'll see you in the future. 
And a uh, big thank you to Returning Voices, which is uh, Bryce, Reed, and uh, Blake. A uh, big thank you to you guys as well for coming back. It's, uh, it's always fun to chat Star Wars with other people rather than just myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, once again, as a listener at home, uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning into the show. And, uh, you know, it's really, uh, it's it's motivational to see uh, that people actually are, are listening out there. So a uh, big thank you to you as well. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as as far as news go, a crazy week last week, and uh, of course we got the season finale of The Mandalorian dropping this upcoming Friday. So stay tuned for that and the after show that's going to follow. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, in the meantime, uh, drop us a voicemail at our voicemail address, uh, which is our Speakpipe link uh, down in the description. Uh, shoot us an email theescapepodoutlook.com or follow the Twitter feed for daily updates and Star Wars news at SW Escape Podcast. We also got a link to our Discord server on there as well. Uh, so feel free to join up and uh, you can keep on top of all the latest from Star Wars Escape Pod. So only way to help us out is a five-star review and sharing this show to your friends. Uh, but uh, if you do so, that would be much appreciated. May the Force be with you all and we'll see you next time.